Let's turn in our Bibles uh, and seek a, a word that will encourage our faith. Praise the Lord as we pray to, the, to our Lord tonight. I'm turning to Jeremiah chapter 32. The book of Jeremiah chapter 32. And O oh Lord, we ask you to have your way this night in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 32 verse 16 It says, Now when I had delivered the evidence of the purchase unto Baruch the son of Neriah, I prayed unto the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Hallelujah. He's confessing the right thing. Jeremiah knows there's nothing too hard for the Lord, and that's what you have to know tonight as you seek the Lord. There is nothing too hard for God, maker of heaven and the earth. But then in verse 26, we read this. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, Is there anything too hard for me? Oh, it's kind of interesting. First, Jeremiah confesses that there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. But then the Lord asks Jeremiah, Is there anything too hard for me? Okay, Jeremiah, you're saying the right thing. You're saying what you should say. Do you believe it? Do you really trust in it? Do you really rest in it? In another, in in one way, he said the right thing. He knew the right thing. In another way, he wondered and had to hear it from the Lord. And isn't it so encouraging to hear it from the Lord himself? There's There's nothing too difficult for me. I'm just reminding you, there's nothing too difficult for me. I want to say that to you tonight, my brothers and my sisters. There's nothing too difficult for the Lord. Pray to him, knowing that there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. Amen? Now, this chapter tells us about Jeremiah's land purchase. The Lord told Jeremiah to purchase a a piece of land and, in fact, told Jeremiah that a relative of his would come and offer to sell that piece of land to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah uh, did as the Lord told him to do. He bought a piece of land in the nearby village or town of Anathoth. Jeremiah was locked up at the time. He was locked in the court of the prison. I take it to be a sort of minimum security lockup because we'll see that Jeremiah was able to function within society, at least to some degree. But he was locked up, and he couldn't go anywhere he wanted to go or say anything he wanted to say. And that reminds me of many of you and your life situations. You are forced in your life situations really to put up with, to tolerate sinful attitudes, false, godless teachings. For instance, in your workplaces, 
You have to keep your hand over your mouth. You cannot express your godly positions on many different things. And you even have to be trained in modern uh, concepts of diversity that are, are, go far beyond the diversity that the Bible teaches us, the love that the Bible teaches us. And you can't complain. You must comply. Jeremiah was in a situation like that too. He couldn't say anything he wanted to say. He was in lockdown. He couldn't complain. He had to comply. But God has something to say to him, and God has the same thing to say to you. Ignore the mounts. Look at verse 24. Verse 24 refers to the mounts. Behold the mounts. They're coming to this city to take it. The mounts were siege ramps. In those days, walled cities were taken by siege and by uh, the construction of ramps. You can, see, you can see the leftovers of one of these ramps uh, if you go and visit Masada in Israel. The, the, much of the Roman ramp is still there, but the Romans weren't the only ones to do that. This was done for centuries. They built dirt or soil made out of soil and rocks and wood and any, everything, anything and everything that was available, they would build these ramps up to the wall so an attacking army could go up the ramp and over the wall. And the Lord is telling Jeremiah, ignore the ramps and instead invest yourself in the promises of God. Buy. Buy, invest yourself in the promises of God. Your faith, brothers and sisters, will be the title deed to your home in heaven. Hallelujah. Sometimes when the battle is raging around us and when the attitudes seem to be, have us in a kind of siege and the the siege ramps or the mounts, as they're called in the King James Bible, seem to be up, uh, getting higher and higher and higher and higher, and in a sense, suffocating us. It might seem pointless to us then to obey the law of God. It may seem absurd to honor every detail of your devotions. It may seem pointless to pray. It may seem absurd to go to church. It may seem, uh, uh, what's the, it might, you might say, what's the point of fasting? What's the point of Bible study? Because the godless are surrounding the city. The liars, the deceivers are surrounding the city and the ramps of the enemy seem to make the walls pointless. That's the situation Jeremiah was in, and that's when the Lord told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, buy. Don't shell up. Don't hold yourself up. Don't give up. Look, there are sins in high places. 
One is called a traitor. One is called a liar. One is called a phony. There are sins in low places. In our country, in our world, there are sins from the low places to the high places. A godless nation is having its way. A godless world is going down in all ways. It seems like an organized plan. It seems like a strategy. It is all moving together. It is part of the prince of the power of the heir's strategy. There seems a strategy to this, and this is when God says to Jeremiah, and this is when God says to us, nothing is too hard for me. Some things seem very hard to us. Let's see the Lord preserve. I see a lot of my high school brothers and sisters are here tonight, and college-age brothers and sisters are here tonight. Let's see the Lord do something very hard like this. Lord, preserve 60%, 70%, 80% of the graduates from Living Word Academy and more instead of 40% or 30%. It seems very hard, but nothing is too hard for the Lord. Let's pray about it. It seems difficult to make disciples in central New York. Oh, if you work really hard at it and you're really bold and you're rather forceful and you can, you can, you know, take... Uh, control of the conversation, you might be able to get somebody to say the sinner's prayer with you one a day. It's a bit different than making disciples, though. It's quite a bit different than making disciples. And making disciples is quite a challenge. But nothing is too hard for the Lord. Let's pray about it. It's challenging in this modern and liberal world to see even Christian people volunteer for a holy life. To volunteer for a holy life. But nothing is too, too difficult for God. God has a message for Jeremiah in a dire situation. In a very difficult situation, and the message is, this, is the same message he has for us too, and that is buy in one, buy. Two, pray. Verse 6. Here's the, here's the situation where Jeremiah bought. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, Hanameel, the son of Shalom, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. So Hanamael, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said to me, Buy my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine, and the redemption is thine. Buy it. For thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. You see, the Lord gave Jeremiah the instructions first, told him exactly what was going to happen, and it seems almost immediately after the Lord gave him that word that the word, a, a 
part of the word that he could not possibly control came to pass. And he knew it was the Lord. So verse 9 says, And I bought the field of Hanameel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence. In other words, he had written out a receipt, a deed, and sealed it and took witnesses and weighed him the money in the balance. So I, this is a house closing. This is a property closing. Jeremiah was able to do that from the court of the prison. Like I said, he was able to function in society to some degree, although he was a prisoner. Verse 11 says, So I took the evidences of the purchase, the deed, both that which was sealed according to the law and custom and that which was open, and I gave the evidence of the purchase unto Baruch the son of Neriah, the son of Maseiah, in the sight of Hanameel, my uncle's son, and in the presence of the witnesses that subscribed the book of the purchase before all the Jews that sat in the court of the prison. And I charged Baruch before them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these evidences... The deed, this evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and this evidence which is opened, and put them in an earthen vessel, that they may continue many days. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. All right. The Babylonians were knocking on the door of Jerusalem. And it's probably the case that Jeremiah's relatives were hoping to get a few dollars out of Jeremiah while the getting was good because they didn't think they had much time left. Anathoth is only a few miles outside of Jerusalem. And Jeremiah might say, what am I going to do? with the whole land overrun with Chaldeans, what am I going to do with a piece of land? A worthless piece of land. But the Lord told him to buy it, and Jeremiah had the faith to buy it, and in fact he wanted to keep the deed to that land preserved for posterity. He wanted nothing to happen to it. He did everything legal. He did everything according to the law. He kept everything above board. He did everything in front of the entire community. He didn't say, what is it worth? What, what's, it, is it worth it? This is absurd. Buy a piece of land. Follow the rules. Get witnesses. Write out a deed. Preserve the deed. It's absurd. No, the Lord said, against all odds, Jeremiah, against everything you see with your eyes, buy a piece of land. Buy it in faith. You see, brothers and sisters, your faith is the evidence of things not seen. Your faith assures you of a place, a home, a parcel in heaven forever. Praise God. Turns out Anathoth is Jeremiah's hometown. 
Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 identifies Jeremiah as coming from Anathoth, a few miles, about three miles away from Jerusalem. And Jeremiah's hometown gave Jeremiah a particularly hard time when Jeremiah began to preach. So in Jeremiah eleven twenty three, 23, Anathoth is like cursed. You are going to be utterly destroyed, Anathoth. You are doomed, Anathoth, for not believing the word of the Lord that I gave to my servant Jeremiah. The meaning of the name of the city, Anathoth, is beautifully ambiguous, poetically ambiguous, you might say, because it can mean equally afflictions and answered prayers answers to prayer. Afflictions and answers to prayer. Well, that's beautiful. That's poetic because how often do afflictions and prayer go together? We pray when we're hurting. We pray when we're needy. We pray when we need something from God. Daniel prayed three times a day. Because he felt sorely his neediness before God. He felt without God he was in big trouble, but with God he would be all right. He felt his neediness so much he prayed three times a day every day and would not stop or change even if there was an edict against it that would only last for one month. He wouldn't even chill on it for one month. Brothers and sisters, it's easy to forget how needy we are sometimes. It's easy to get comfortable and think things are going okay. It's, It's easy to think things aren't really so bad. But I will tell you, brothers and sisters, we need to win souls to Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need to see our graduates from Living Word Academy stick it out in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we need to live a holy life for God if, if for no other reason for a good example to our brethren in this town. Here's the truth. In the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, it is recorded that 128 faithful men and their families from Anathoth. This is about a century after the time of Jeremiah. 128 men and their families went back to Jerusalem from Babylon in order to rebuild Jerusalem. With God, all things are possible. I see a connection between the meanings of Anathoth. We pray when we feel and know that we are needy. We feel and know that the impossible is before us. But God answers. And I would like to pray tonight, oh, in the name of the Lord, that God would bless and prosper our work in him. We are working in him as a church. A lot of you are really workers. We are working for souls We are working to disciple souls. We are working to improve the reputation of Christians, Christianity, the Bible, and our church in this community. We're working hard at it. We're working hard at studying our Bibles. And we need to pray. We need God to prosper our work, to help our work along. 
We need to pray that God will give us a breakthrough in our witnessing. A breakthrough with the people we are trying to lead into following Christ as the students of Jesus Christ. We need to pray. And you see, when Jeremiah prayed, he got the encouragement and the instructions that he needed. That's what we have to do. We need to pray because we are needy. Because, brothers and sisters, we are not going to make it without him. We are not going to succeed without him. We are not going to win souls to him without his help and his intervention. He must do it. Unless the Lord build the house, unless the Lord raise the city, they labor in vain which build it. Amen? The Lord must build the city. The Lord must build the church. The Lord must win the souls. The Lord must anoint us. The Lord must gift us. We need his help. We need his help to prosper our labors and to prosper our work. I say to you, buy in. Buy. Lay it on the line. Lay it on the line. Put it all on the... Put, whatever the price is, put it on the line. Put the price on the line. Let it be written and let it be recorded and let it be preserved. I, I pay the price. I put my life on the line. I put my time on the line. I put my money on the line. My money where my mouth is. My time where my mouth is. I put my life on the line. I'm buying in in faith that this is going to be blessed by God. So will you come tonight, brothers and sisters, and join together in one accord and pray for the success of Living Word Church, for the success of our work, for the success of our outreach, for the success of our desire to win souls, that God would prosper our effort and that we would have the courage to buy in to be there totally, to do, let him do whatever he wants to do with us. Let him change us in whatever way he wants to change us. Let him fill us in every way that he wants to fill us. Just that his will would be done. Amen? So if you would, come and let's join together in one accord and pray that God would enable us. Hallelujah. I just want to finish uh, being a good, a good uh, teacher of the Word of God. I just want to finish about Jeremiah and the purchase of a parcel in Anathoth. If you caught it, Jeremiah was offered to redeem a parcel in Anathoth. It was a worthless parcel. But Jeremiah was called to pay the price for something that was worthless at the time. But that parcel produced 128 builders of Jerusalem in time. And I want to tell you, the great Redeemer, Jesus Christ, has paid the price to buy a parcel of humanity, you, that at the time were worthless. But God wants to make you a builder and wants to 
wants to bring forth souls out of you and has a plan for you, and you're not worthless anymore. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, the Redeemer, paid the price when you were worthless. When I was worthless. But we're not worthless anymore. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, saints. Have a, have a wonderful week. Praise God.